7: What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a good day. The Doug Gottlieb Show comes to you live from sunny Southern California. Welcome in. Getting you ready for a huge weekend of sports. We got baseball. We have uh, some football discussion. A lot of NBA. We're getting ready for the playoffs. Some guys are getting ready for the playoffs. Uh, we got golf. Tiger struggling so far at the Masters. We'll see if he can make the cut. And we have uh, one of the more ridiculous top five lists of all time in movies. On the other hand, we have to understand it's from one person's perspective. Welcome in. I'm just sitting here just, just so you know. Um, if you're just joining us, and, and like I know some affiliates come in in the second hour of the show. We were just kind of randomly, we got into talking about Caddyshack because of course we're watching uh, Tiger Woods. And oh yeah, by the way, I mean, I mean, there's... Tin Cup feels like a better golf movie. I mean, we really want to be. But if it stands up, uh, Jason Stewart, esteemed producer of this here uh, broadcast, stated that uh, Caddyshack, a top five movie. And then I'm scrolling through movies during the break. I'm scrolling through the channels during the break, you know, because have, you have the different channels where you have the the Masters, where you can watch an Amen Corner, you can watch whatever. And then... Uh, Ocean's Eleven popped up, and I'm like, "Well, that's a better movie than you than Caddyshack, right?" Like, but it it is hard because of the time in which each movie is shot. Does that does that make sense, Chase? Too like, if, <laughs> if, like here, here's here's what I'm telling you: You get home tonight, and like, man, I want to watch a movie, and simultaneously, Ocean's Eleven and Caddyshack are are coming on. You're gonna watch Caddyshack over Ocean's Eleven? Oh yes,
9: absolutely. And Ocean's Eleven's a good movie. And by the way. There's nothing more subjective than movie taste. Maybe no music question. taste. So my top five is this. I'm not saying it's the top five of all time, period. Right. But my top five. If I had to take five movies to that, you know, deserted island analogy, I I take
7: those five. Oh. Wow. All right. All right. Anthony Davis, um, um, it's interesting in terms of what you would take with you. LeBron James may get the chance to, against, rebuild this team again. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe they they said, hey, we're good with with your input. We're going to do it ourselves this time. Anthony Davis said this about trade uh, speculation. I mean, I don't think they're planning to do anything with me. I don't know, man. F, I don't know. He went on, I can't control those things. That's an upstairs thing. Uh, a clutch rich Paul thing, my agency. I mean, my job is to go out and play basketball. Obviously, I love it in L.A. And if that's something they're considering, we'll have a conversation about it. I don't know what they're talking about. What's the plan? Um, I, yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot of questions, not just what the plan is, but who's making the plan, you know? And it's, it, it, it it's, it's just fascinating. Um, you, you, you look at some of the, the flaws and decisions, and my thing is I think everybody has – everybody takes a good portion of the blame here. They just do, you know? I mean, even if it comes back to if – you, if you don't want to blame Rob Polinka because Rob Polinka was going to pull off the Buddy heel trade, you could still blame Bob Polinka for not doing the Kyle Lowry trade last year before the trade deadline or letting Alex Caruso walk. Or maybe it's as simple as not hiring Scotty Brooks as an assistant. Instead, he went to Portland because Scotty, of course, has Coach Russell Westbrook in two different places. And maybe that relationship is better. But whatever it is, it's just an abject disaster. So the Lakers announced today that LeBron James will not play the remainder of the season. Now, I I read this this morning, and I just wanted to confirm, Jay Stu, you saw the same thing, right? Where he's going to be two games short of playing uh, of of qualifying for the scoring title, right? That that that's what I read, right? So LeBron James for the scoring title, okay, he he can't technically win it. He just can't. He doesn't have enough games. And right now, by the way, he's not going to catch Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That'll be next year. And he's not going to win the scoring title because he doesn't have enough games played. You know? So he must play He must play the final four games to reach 58 games for the season, which is the minimum needed to qualify for the scoring title. Right now, he's not. So, So I guess there's a couple ways to look at it. It obviously would have been... Uh, I don't think it would have been a great look if you don't play when your team still is eligible for the playoffs and then you come back and you score like 70 points to win a scoring title. So this probably is the best possible scenario so he doesn't look like it, right? doesn't look like he was just only playing for the scoring title and maybe that becomes the narrative. And I do think he was in a bit of a no-win situation. Like either you come back and play and you don't score as many points because... You know, you, you get worn down by playing that many games or, or the ankle does, in fact, really hurt. Or you do go and get it and get the scoring title. If you do either of those, you have to question why he didn't play when they were still in playoff contention. This way, he looks like semi the good guy. On the other hand, I mean, I don't know, 10 years from now, would we even know that he played the last couple of games, last four games in order to win the scoring title? Nonetheless, LeBron James is not going to play the rest of the season. I can't imagine what it would be like to have tickets to a Laker game. Like, hey, good news is I got us some lower-level seats at the Laker game. Oh, that's awesome. Bad news is um, LeBron's not playing. Anthony Davis is not playing. Russell Westbrook's not playing. Like, they're playing the Oklahoma City Thunder, who with LeBron James they lost to twice. I, I'm going to be fascinated to see how that thing works out this time around. The Lakers are thirty-one and forty-nine. Like we're not talking about like, hey, they were this close. Some goes right here. Thirty-one and forty-nine is uh, to have those three guys on the team. It's comically bad, comically. But I do almost wonder, should he have gone for the scoring title? Should have just gone for it and said, you know, I don't know. But it's going to be interesting. It's one of those, um, this is a lot like when the Yankees don't make it, when Duke didn't make it. If, if you know, when, As much as people want to say, I'm tired of the Lakers, I'm tired of LeBron, I'm tired of them being around, I'm glad the, the numbers are going to take a hit, a massive hit. And I actually think the, the playoffs, the NBA playoffs, are going to be the better because of it. This is going to be an unbelievable run of a couple of months. Because there's not that much difference between, you know, teams one and teams four. And then teams, you know, four and teams five, six, and seven, not a ton of difference. You got guys getting healthy. You guys guys have sat out. What happens with the Clippers? That's going to be fascinating. What happens with the Warriors as they get healthy? What happens with Jamal Murray? And then you got the Suns who have been the best team but I don't know if there's the buy-in on everybody that they'll be be the best team in the postseason. This is just a weird existence where LeBron feels like he's a quasi-healthy scratch, and I guess he becomes the good guy because he doesn't chase chase the scoring title. I, I don't know if that, that would be a terrible thing to chase at this point in time. Hey, Look, the decision's already been made. It's not going to happen, so it's not like I'm trying to talk anybody into it or out of it. I do wonder, like, yeah, would there be haters that say, and I would point out, like, yeah, you're only playing for a scoring title. On the other hand, just own it. Right? Just own it. You know, the season didn't work out the way I wanted, but people have always questioned my ability to score, so I just figured, what the hell, at 37, what if I led the league in scoring? How would you look at him then if you gave you that amount of honesty and perspective? Real credit card questions require real people. Someone who understands... Your issues. Works with you to resolve them. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover exceptionally common sense. Yeah, Jay Stu.
9: Remember when, um, and maybe Isaac knows the details on this better than I do, but remember when Ted Williams, uh, he could have sat out the last day of the season to win the batting title, and he didn't. And I, I want to say he not only didn't sit out, but he went like five for five. To win the batting title,
10: he's absolutely right. It was uh, it was a doubleheader, and he actually went six for eight that day. In six the for two eight, game, that's yeah, it? in the
9: two <laughs> games of the doubleheader. And and what you brought up an example the other day, Doug, of a, a guy who what sat out to win the scoring title, or what was what was another uh, example that you had used?
7: Um, we were talking about we were talking LeBron about and sitting out. Yeah, this was this is a phone conversation <laughs> between me and you. Uh, we talked Ted Williams. I thought it was somebody in the NBA who sat out to get a scoring title or something. No, it was, it was David Robinson who scored. Oh, that's it. Was it 72 on the last game? Right? They played the Clippers. Do you guys remember this? Ilo, you, you got to remember this Yeah, one,
10: 1994, right? 71 points at the old L.A. Sports Arena. Yeah. Right.
7: Wow. Yeah, he needed, he needed 70. I think he needed like close to that much to set the scoring title. And that's what he did the last game of the season. So there, there is some precedent for, for guys deciding to, to go forward and to play. I think the difference here, though, is that he didn't play when they were in playoff contention to come back and play the last four games would 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 be a bad look. Um, he hasn't previously cared about bad looks, right? Like getting up and walking out the other day when they were getting eliminated. Um, he had the goblet of wine going back when he was injured a couple years ago. Like he generally hasn't cared about optics. This would be bad optics. And I don't know if it's that he cares or that he's just not healthy. One of the two. One of the two. Um, Wheels are coming off a little bit. Man, what has happened to Jordan Spieth? Oy yoy Oy. And Tiger looked like he was trying to shape a shot and his body would not let him. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup
8: in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
7: They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to tirewright.comslash sports to see their Toyo tire test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's tirewright.comslash sports, tirewright.com, the way tire buying should be.
8: This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio.
7: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Did you guys see this story? Um, Dan Campbell was talking to reporters yesterday. Dan Campbell's head coach at the Detroit Lions. Of course, there was a time when he was in Miami. Remember, he was like the tight ends coach and then he was the interim head coach. And he was beloved as interim head coach because just brought great, great energy for a short period of time. And, of course, he's done that in Detroit through his one season as head coach. I remember I had a guy in Miami. God, he loved ball. This was Campbell, he said, uh, to uh, Dave Burkett of the Detroit Free Press. He was a dynamic football player, but he came in every day just reeking of alcohol. He was probably on a bender for who knows how long, but, God, he loved football. He just showed up. And he didn't have any MAs as Mr. Simon. He hustled nonstop. And I was like, you know what? You find a way to make that guy work. Not saying we want those guys, but he loved ball and he had success. And he's still playing today, by the way. Functioning alcoholic. That's what that is, right? There are guys that that I, I, I don't encourage it. I don't think it actually makes you better at it. But there are guys that are functioning alcoholics. And I also think that there's a there's a section of this where we have to be, I think, on some levels reasonable. Like we can be you're you're allowed to be mortified at the details of some of what guys have done in their personal lives, either to other guys or in business or to their significant others or children or whatever. But you also have to kind of factor in. Right. There's. There's 53 on the roster, 46 game day, but really 70 guys, like on 70, 80 guys on each team. You know, when you have practice squad and whatever, just say 70 guys. There's 32 teams in the National Football League. So you're talking about roughly 200 and 300 guys or so, right? Is my my math off? Let me me, help me out with that, that math or so, right? So you got 32 teams. Ramos, you doing the math? You got the I need an abacus. That's what I need. I need an abacus to do this this thing. Um Sam, I was Sam. That's that's actually why Ramos took the day off. Because I said there would be math today. He's like, eh. I was told there will be no math. I
6: I left my abacus at home, unfortunately.
7: I don't even understand how an abacus works, I'm to be completely candid with you. Like how does that I'm sure there's a very easy, right? It's the world's first kind of calculator thing. I don't get how it works. Somebody needs to explain the abacus to you, me. You slide beads down the I little know, thing i know what you do i just don't know how you do <laughs> i haven't seen or played with an abacus since i was like four years old so but that yeah that's probably that's that's usually the abacus age here in the states right <laughs> you're like all right you're done with the abacus now kind of let's yep, figure it out the abacus we, we figured out the abacus now let's let's figure it out something let's now let's yeah. move on to the, the next theorem
6: thing. or something yeah
7: yeah let's 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 move on to the next thing So I was doing this kind of in my head, 32 teams times like 70 guys. That's actually, I I, I forgot a zero. So like 2,000 guys in the NFL. If you pull 2,000 people in any workspace, you're going to have a number that are alcoholics. You're going to have a number that have a drug problem. You're going to have a number that have problems at home with women or with dudes or with money or with whatever. Like, I, I'm, am I making sense there, Jason? Like, like we, we have this just because those are the 2,100, 2,500, whatever, those are the 2,500 best football players on earth doesn't make mean them they're any less human and any less valuable. I'd actually guess that there are a lower percentage of alcoholics in the NFL than there are in the rest of society. A lower percentage of drug addicts, a lower percentage of uh, maybe even people who abuse their wife. Or girlfriend. It just seems greater because they're more prominent figures.
9: I agree. Is, um, that, that math I, makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, it does. And it, it does make sense. But there's also like a, a sliding scale of what you'll put up with if if the guy is delivering. And he's not... You know, like you said, if he's functioning and he actually maybe even thrives in that state, um, then I guess you kind of put up with it if he's producing. But in in all walks of life, we've had hosts walk through these doors that you're like, ah, he's on something. But this guy's going to be great for the next three hours. So we're cool.
7: Yeah, I, I think, you know, you're one you can't. Obviously, if you act inappropriately at work. I mean I, I I just never encourage anybody to do any sort of substance before they work or in general um but that's it's it's interesting and I also think that you know coaches have to be and even Dan Campbell you got to be careful of that stuff because if he came in smelling of alcohol that also means he drove to work smelling of alcohol right so you're just like and if you're if you're complicit if you know and you don't do anything or say anything god forbid something happens on the way to or from work then Forget about legally whether or not uh, you could be sued. It's just morally, it feels wrong. Like there's a lot to it. But I, 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 don't, I don't know that that, that part to it is is interesting. Um, all right, we're gonna w- w- let's let's do this. Reed Fowler's is gonna join us in one second. He hosts PGA Tour Live. We'll get his take on not just the wheels coming off a little bit with Tiger, but also. Uh, Man, what is happening to Jordan Spieth? That in a second. Reef Fowler joins us, DraftKings PGA analyst. Here at the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, What's the biggest difference in watching Tiger yesterday as opposed to today?
10: Yeah, thanks for having me, Doug. Uh, It's probably leg fatigue, right? Uh, Well, obviously the, the forecast and the conditions are a little bit tougher. The pit placements are tougher usually on Friday and Sunday. Uh, usually when you see, right, when you make the cut and then obviously the final round. But the leg also is is probably, you know, a little bit fatigued. you got 18 holes compared to golf, so he's probably feeling it.
7: Um, what's it going to take to make the cut?
10: Yeah, it looks like the cut right now is probably going to end up at four over, if I have to guess. Um, that's probably where you're going to see it. It might even creep up to five. So he's he's going to need to to stay steady on the back, right? On the second nine, you got to birdie the par fives. You know, 15's playing longer than it has just because they they have lengthened that hole. But you got to you got to birdie the par fives, and you got to hold court, hold serve on these par fours, some of the toughest on the PGA tour, as as on the par threes. But a guy who can do it pretty well is, is Eldrick, right? He's two over right now on the 10th, hitting a second shot. If he can stay there, and maybe make some birdies on the par fives and just kind of hold serve. I think he makes a cut here.
7: It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, Reed, what about Jordan Spieth? As yeah. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who appears to have, and by the way, Tiger with an approach. Whoa, there's there's a there's a birdie coming up. Um, Tiger wants to hang around for to apparently make weekend cancel your weekend plans. Um, what uh, what what's gone wrong for Spieth?
10: Yeah, I think there's a lot of mechanical issues that that are uh, you know uh, matriculating and permeating through the through the in between the ears, for speed. Um, you kind of see it in his pre-shot routine that he's doing this sort of whirling dervish type backswing that he has to get. I think he's trying to overcompensate. Maybe he's coming a little bit too inside, and getting under it, and so now he's trying to come a little bit over the top. Which, again, is not necessarily advised if you're a golfer. But, you know, for someone as meticulous and as, you know, outwardly spoken as Jordan Spieth, it's going to affect him. And you harken back to when, when Danny Willett won in 2016, you see Jordan Spieth put two in the water on 12. Um, that's just not going to do it, right? And then he doubles, you know, he doubles 18. That's just not going to do it. And, and when you're also, Doug, you saw last week at the Valero, he was dead last in strokes game putting. That's usually his calling card, right? He was first in tee to green at Valero, but he was dead last in putting. If that guy's not working with his plastic, then it is, you know, it's going to be a tough roll for speed. I'm surprised. I'm surprised he missed the cut because he was well within it, probably with four or five holes to go, and then he just fell off a cliff.
7: Doug Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, so you look at top the leaderboard right now, and you know, there's Scotty Scheffler, who a lot of people said, and you look at how well he's been playing. Um, And then, you know, of course, we had, you know, kind of going going back to yesterday, Cameron Smith, who not, you know, he, we still haven't seen anything from him today. Right. But Cameron Smith started mm-hmm. hot as all get out yesterday and then kind of leveled off on the on the back nine, finished up cold and ended up one under. Like if you were I mean, look, you do this for a living with DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Um, Who do you like now as kind of this thing has played out?
10: Yeah, I think Cameron Smith, like he's at one under par. I I, like this is kind of what he did at Sawgrass for the players. You know, that was Sunday, and you know, a little bit easier course, but the forecast and the conditions were fairly tough. And the circumstance of having it over five rounds, or excuse me, five days. You know, four rounds and five days was fairly tough. But the good thing about Smith is that he's shown he can bounce back after having some faulty, you know, some faulty shots, and he's three over par right now. But, again, I wouldn't be surprised, Doug, if you see him end today at three under, right? Maybe just one over par from where he started. The guy bookended his round yesterday with two doubles, and he had eight birdies. Now, granted, it's a little bit different yesterday to today, but Smith is in a good position. I wouldn't worry too much about him. But the guys that are lurking, I think Colin Morikawa, who had a fantastic round today, shot two under, finished the, finished the tournament at one under over his first two days, you, you, that, that round could have gone south. A lot of different times especially on amen corner he's someone that i would definitely take a look at right now the dk sportsbook he's at plus 2800 uh if you're keen to that uh he's someone that i'm ha- that i have my eye on two of the last eight majors have gone to his you know to his mantle so a out for morikawa this weekend
7: what happened to bryson
10: yeah i i think it's i think a lot of it is-, is physical i think he pushed himself a little bit too much this is kind of something that we saw right Was that he was going to eventually hit a wall, where injuries were going to be a concern. Now, how he got it is a little was a little weird, but you know, when you push that much and you you train that hard, your body needs to recover, and maybe it just didn't as fast as he wanted to. He said he was at eighty percent, and Bryson, I've talked to him a couple of times, and he's such a a positive, a positive guy. If he's saying eighty percent, he's probably more likely at seventy, you know, or or sixty-five or less. Um, the thing with him, though, is if that driver is not being straight, it doesn't matter how far you hit it, right? It, it really doesn't matter right now, especially this week. It doesn't matter. Uh, you need to be able to put it in the right spots at Augusta National, and right now he's, he's just not doing that. And I think he's uh, still a little bit banged up.
7: All right, let, let's circle back to Tiger as we're watching him here on yeah. ten, and he's got a—I a, a mean—his easiest birdie opportunity of the day. Uh it was a surprise. You go back 3 weeks ago, there wasn't any buzz about Tiger playing at the Masters. And now all of a sudden he's playing and it looks like his body would hold up for 4 days whether or not he could win or not or top 10 or not, that doesn't really matter. Just it it was I mean I didn't think he'd ever play again after the car accident or professionally. Um mm-hmm. how has this changed your perspective on how much we'll see him this year?
10: Yeah, I mean I don't think it changes my perspective of how much we'll see him in the sense of, of the entire season, because he said at the hero challenge, right. That he's going to pick his spots, which signified to me that he was going to have obviously played the four majors, uh, maybe play some of his tournaments, like the Genesis next year. Uh, but you know, I don't think we see him out, you know, outside of maybe half a dozen tournaments. And, and if he's able to do well here, or if he eventually, if he wins one of these tournaments and he qualifies obviously to be in the FedEx cup, uh, in the top 125, then we'll see him in those tournaments. But you got to figure that this guy, it's about maintenance, right? And it's about longevity, and it's about sort of following the Ben Hogan type of uh, framework where you play those majors after a severe car accident. Because he's saying he's hes always in pain. It's not if he's in pain. He's always in pain with that leg. And you're going to need some maintenance on that. And especially for Tiger, he's got to pick his spot. And right now at St. Andrews, right, for the the Open Championship, or the British Open, as, as some of us know it as, that's the one spot that you got to feel that he's feeling pretty confident. So he's going to set up, he's going to ramp up to those tournaments. But I doubt that we see him, you know, play in more than maybe half a dozen, maybe a little bit more than that this season.
7: Stu Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, when will we see Phil again?
10: Yeah. That's a good question. That's a, that's the uh, multi-billion-dollar question, right, Doug? Of uh, do, do we see uh, Phil again? I, I I don't know. That's a, uh, you know I, I would argue that Phil's probably gonna you know do the, the Dustin Johnson type of of stepping away. Obviously, not the same circumstance when DJ stepped away, uh, but you know you know unofficially, what if what that thing away on go Felician? Like, what if he was asked, right, to step away? I'm not saying that that's true or not, but maybe he doesn't have a choice. You know, for what he did and kind of putting the PGA Tour out, you know, on an island like that, you're going to have some repercussions. So, you know, all of these guys are independent contractors. You know, you can't necessarily do that if you're Jay Monaghan. By the same time, I think Phil Mickelson, you know, was a little embarrassed. He put himself he put himself out there and he wanted the cash and it didn't work out. So, if if our betting man, I'd probably say that we see him later in the year, uh, just because Phil can't stay away from golf for too long. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's out this entire season.
7: Um, speaking of, of if you are a gambler, you are. You're DraftKings PGA analyst, <laughs> host, of, host of PGA Tour Live. Um, it, it, I'm looking at the flag sticks, and it's pretty windy. It really dried up and got fast uh, yesterday afternoon and continues to be so. I'm I'm guessing like if you're doing daily, uh, you're staying away from afternoon guys like like Brooks. We haven't even seen Brooks tee off yet, right? Like, are you staying away from these afternoon guys?
10: No, Brooks. Brooks teed off. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Brooks teed off. He yeah yeah he did not play well. Uh, he shot three over again, so he's probably missing the cut. But
9: yeah,
7: yeah.
10: yeah if you're playing daily before this round started, uh, you probably wanted to stay from this PM wave right, just because of what's happening. And you see guys like Siu Kim, I think, had at some, had at one point he had a four-under round, around a four-under. That's probably what you're going to see as the highest any one of these guys gets, right? Like Charles Schwartzel, harkening back to the early 2000s, he shot three-under, but he went out this morning. So you're probably stacking full-fledged. You're probably stacking A.M. Now, that's not to say that a guy like Adam Scott, who's at even par, can't make a ton of birdies because the thing about dfs especially in showdown is you want those birdie makers to get you points bogeys don't necessarily hurt you as much as birdies help you mm. so getting a guy like let's you know let's talk about the guy phil phil is a great daily fantasy play because he would just go after every pin and make a ton of birdies even if he made you know one or two bogeys in between the three or four birdies that he would make right that's what you want so you know guys like tony finau other players like siu kim who are extremely aggressive i wouldn't mind you know sprinkling those guys in a lineup even though they're in the afternoon wave
7: reed i appreciate you joining us man i know you're super super busy but we thank you so much for your time and can't wait to watch the golf and process all the different tidbits you've given us we appreciate you
10: all right Doug. take care thanks
7: Reed Fowler, DraftKings, PGA analyst, also host of PGA Tour Live. Check out the latest lines in World of Sports at Better Sportsbook, Better Verse the Trust Name and Online Sports Betting. You must be twenty one. President Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem, call one eight hundred gambler. Yeah, I looked at my I guys, I looked I was looking at the, the uh the score the the uh the leaderboard, and then I was like, Oh well, Oh, Brooks Kepka, that's three over 75. Then I looked like, oh, there's another 75. Like, oh, I didn't know it was that bad. Yeah, Brooks Kepka maybe looks like he's going home. Uh, Francisco Molinari looks like he's going home. Tough world out there, huh? All right, we got a lot to get to here, uh, including wait to hear what LeVar Arrington said about the way Debo Samuel is handling a contract negotiation. That's next. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Firestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's tireat.comslash sports, tireat.com, the way tire buying should be.
5: One W. Plunky.
8: This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio.
7: One well, night. oh night. That journey? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Is that journey? Am I identifying it correctly? That's that journey? Yes, it is. She said, Anyway, you. Want. There's another journey song. Which it that one obviously is uh, is that a Caddyshack song? I'm trying to think. It is, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. It's okay, the song that a, Rodney Dangerfield blares. Right, on that's the right. Shot. So, so let's dance. Right, remember that one? <laughs> yes.
6: Um, Doug, my favorite part is when he starts dispensing beer from his uh, golf bag.
7: Same time. That's the same scene. I know. I love that. Uh, that fascinated be, me as a child. That would be a heavy, heavy golf bag. By, by the way, like, uh, this is kind of a – I'm, I'm going to say this. This is a crack of beer sort of day in Southern California. Uh, here, here's what I mean. It's 99 degrees outside where I am. I can't imagine how hot it is. How hot is it where you guys are? Like, it is, it is hot. It's 91 it is never 91 where I am. It's That means it's, like, 15 degrees hotter where you are. Yeah. I, it's like 97 here is what I it's got. supposed to hit 101. If sure you guys so Jason, you're California guy, Iowa Sam, I mean, you can relate to this more. Hot, hot summer day in Iowa, right? Oh yeah. So uh, I'm a college was I a junior? Yeah, I was a junior gonna be a senior. So st- summer, I stayed for the short session, right? Guys now, every guy stayed the whole summer. I probably should have stayed. It's so you know, there's just nothing going on except hoop and hanging out in Stillwater America in the summer. But I got a job um doing demo. So I'd get up in the morning, I'd go get a workout in, and then I go do demo all day, and then we'd usually get together and play or go somewhere, you know, like uh Tulsa had pickup games or we'd go find somebody to go play in in the evening or we'd go out and then we'd go out afterwards. Like that was like on repeat for like a month of the summer. And when I was do I was on this demo team, it was a guy who I lived in an apartment, or uh, I was moving to an apartment above his office, and he, re- did, he rehabbed houses. And so we'd go, in, and one thing you don't realize with doing demo is it's indoors in the summer in Oklahoma, but if you're doing demo, they don't crank on the AC. So, I mean, it is hot as can be. And I was never really a domestic beer or a cold beer guy. Like, a, like, man, let's just go get a crack of cold beer after work. But you do demo – on a house in Oklahoma in late May and into June. Oh, that's the kind of day this is, where you go out, you do you do something like on your car. I'm going to go change the oil in my car just, just cause so I can work up a little bit of sweat and then crack a cold beer. And it feels
6: so good, because if you've been outside, in the, and the humidity in Oklahoma is probably 10 times worse than the humidity in Iowa, and that's saying something. So you've been outside all day just... Draining sweat, flop You're, sweat. You, you feel like relax, like you just did hot yoga, then and then you drink a Budweiser or something, oh. and
7: it just hits you right, oh. right oh, in it's, the. It's, mm. It is a sandwich in a can, it's heaven in a. Oh can. yeah. Okay, so here's the here's the story. Here's the question to you. Okay, and I can do this with you guys because it was harder to do. It's hard to do with with buyer because buyer doesn't drink. Isaac, do you drink? No, but I'm glad that I've given off the impression by my work around here that I do drink. No, I felt like I feel like you're like a sophisticated. Either I, I almost felt like you were going to start trying to talk me into IPAs or some sort of martini. <laughs> no, that's sort of my fella. job. Yeah, it is. So, Sam, I you're was, uh, you're you're a you're you're an IPA guy. Yeah, I am. But I, that doesn't mean I don't like an ice cool, ice cold Budweiser. Ice cold Budweiser. Um. Okay. So. Let's say you're you're in California. You get done today, and you got to do some sort of physical labor, and you're hot. What's the cold beer that you crack?
6: I would. Yeah, I'd probably go with something a little lighter. Because if you're drinking an IPA outside after you finish, after you've just been sweating, and, and you're all out of it at the end of the day, you're going to get really drunk really fast. So maybe just go with something a little lighter. But maybe out here in Southern California, maybe we go with point? a Pacifico. A Pacifico. Or
7: a Soul. Oh, a Soul. Or maybe okay, a Bohemia. Have-
1: New yeah, okay. endorsement opportunity for you
7: there, Sam. W- yeah, but what, you know, uh, what, what he's got name, image, and likeness as well. What about <laughs> what about you, Jay Stu? What do you think?
9: Um, I tend to go import. I think uh, like an Amstel Light or That's a uh, Stella, and then there's this beer out of uh, San Francisco that you could see in the stores every once in a while. Oh. Anchor Steam. Oh yeah, Anchor Steam. What good. about Trumer
7: Pills? That's a good one. Mm. Mm. Um a- Anchor Steam. I've had I've I've had an Anchor Steam before. Love that beer. Yeah, it's, it's, that, that's, a, that's a very, very good one. Um, I think I would go, like, you know, I'm a, a Mexican beer guy, but I'm telling you, like, the other, last week I was at a concert in, in New Orleans, and it was hot, and my buddy bought me a cold, like, I don't know if it was a Coors Light or a Bud Light, and I was like, man, like, I forgot how refreshing a domestic beer was.
6: You sure it was, wasn't on an, an Bita? That's the big brand down there, Abita.
7: I don't think so. I, I want to. F- I I I feel like this is, this is my buddy Clay. He was a do- he's a domestic beer guy. It felt like a domestic, really did. L- let's get to what the Fox said. And now, <laughs> <laughs> what does the Fox say? Uh, this was LeVar Arrington and uh, Brady Quinn on the morning show. Two pro three, two pros and a cup of Joe. They said on uh, Debo Samuel's social media scrub.
2: Here's what I hate about it. It gives. More credibility to social media. Yeah, agreed.
1: That's what I
6: hate about it. Totally
1: agree. I honestly could care less if that's the tactic for his negotiations right and this is all born out of the fact that stefan Diggs got a new deal all these wide receivers are getting new deals after the Devonte adams tyree kill deals right everyone's trying to cash in because the market's being reset it's not just football i mean this is something that happens in all sorts of other industries but did they but scrub their social media that's, that's the thing is like that's the difference
2: you know what i think it is let me tell you guys i was thinking about this when we were talking it's about dumb is what i think it is oh yeah yeah, it is. But, but, but here's, here's the, the pattern of it. The pattern of it comes from a lot of these guys that are in the league now were recruited through social media. Their interactions all took place through social media. So they're, they're... – Well, that explains a lot with Deshaun Watson then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> While it may be a funny punchline, that's the truth. Everything goes through social media now. The interaction goes through social media. You want to meet somebody? Use social media. You want to break the ice? Break the ice through social media.
7: Wow, that's a really good, that's a really strong, smart take by LeVar Arrington. Actually, both of them. It's really, really, really good. What Does the Fox Say is brought to you by Hustler Turf, the brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years when it comes to premium zero-turn lawnmowers to run their businesses and for us weekend shows. Hustler Turf is a full lineup of residential mowers. Visit hustlerturf.com to find a dealer near you. That's hustlerturf.com. Think about that. Like, both of them made great points. It does. It gives more validity to, to social media, and I think Deshaun Watson's thing is showing us on how just the younger generation, their entire scope of how they view the universe is through their phone. It, it's what leads many of them to think so many things that are extremist views are mainstream. Because when viewed through the prism of your phone, it only amplifies things that normally normally have a minimum following. That's a, a fascinating. From two guys who used to play, understanding what guys who play now are actually thinking and how they react. reacting. that's what the Fox says. You know, there have been lots of takes about Tiger Woods and uh, how he looked yesterday and how he looked today. Um, I'm watching him move. I'm watching him struggle, and it, it dawned on me. I completely get what Tiger Woods is going through. I'll share with you next on the Doug Gottlieb Show.